thank you for this morning, for your word. Amen. Hallelujah. May we please be seated in heavenly places. God is good. And all the time we say God is good. Shall we turn to Romans chapter 12 again? Romans chapter 12. Let's come to this passage of scripture for the second time. I read. I will read it from the verse 1 and 2. Sorry. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect or mature will of God. Hallelujah. Someone say to yourself, it was given me, it was given to serve me. Hallelujah. Just say it again. It was given to serve me. Praise Jesus. Uh, if I ask you, why did God give you your hands? What would you say? You say your hand was given so that you can pick things, so you can grab things, so you can take hold of things. If I should ask you, why were your legs given you, what would you say? You would say your legs was, were given to you so that, you know, you can move to certain places. You can, you can walk. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if I should ask you, why were your eyes given you? You will say your eyes were given you to you so you can see things. What, what about your ears? Why were they given to you? Your nose. And what about your tongue? Your, your eyes given to see. Your nose so, so you can smell things. Your ear was given to you so you can hear things. And your tongue was given so you can taste good food. I'm sorry, but the tongue was not given to read the Bible. It was given to eat food. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. You know, whatever God gave, let's not try to make those things, those functions unimportant, irrelevant, or wrong. Hello? Yeah. If somebody likes his food, he's, you know, appreciating the tongue that God gave them. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So before we dismiss something, let's consider whether God gave it or God did not give it. Because sometimes we dismiss some things not realizing that those things we are dismissing, actually they were God-given. And now I ask you about your digestive system. Why did God give you your digestive system? 
so that the food can be broken down into your nutrients that, that the body can take. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to ask us a final question. But I want to read Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 first. Genesis chapter 2 and the 7th verse. In Genesis 2 verse 7. The Bible reads. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Now we know that in the soul we have the mind. So the question I ask is, why did God give you, or why did God, God, God give us the mind? What for? Why did he give us the mind? I want to suggest to you, to us this morning, that the mind was given you and me to serve us. Some people find their minds a nuisance, but actually the mind was given to serve you. Oh, come on, someone say to yourself, my mind was given to serve me. My mind was given to Your mind was given to serve you. God breathed into man and man became a living soul. And in the soul we have the will, the intellect, and the mind, right? And the mind, it was given. Everything that God gave us, God gave us to serve you. The mind was given to serve you. So if you have a mind, God gave you the mind. To serve. And actually, every, everyone who can hear me right now, you've got a mind. Okay? If you're hearing me, it means you've got a mind. Hmm. Well, if you've got a brain, you've got a mind. Hello? If you've got a brain, you've got a mind. Because we understand. And the brain, the brain, the brain as we know it, is a very small part of the body. In terms of weight of the body, it's about just about 2% of the body weight. But it's very, very important or very, very instrumental in the body. Praise God. Um, can, I, can someone project this thing for me about, the, about some facts about the brain? Praise God. I think my slide three or something. Praise God. Um, the, the brain is about 2% of the body and just, it, it, it's about 2% of the body and it uses 20% of the oxygen that the body takes for its functioning. But, but in terms of weight, it's very, very little, just about 2%. It is mainly made up of 73% percent of water right praise God yes that's what it is can we the brain's capacity is unlimited the things that it can store is about 10 to the power 15 bytes I mean quite large so if you're thinking wow 
There's too much information to store in my brain. No, no, no. Your, your brain has got the capacity to store so much. Some people say that some people were born with exceptional... I'm just picking up salient facts. There are so many things about the brain. But I'm just picking up salient facts. Some people say that some people were born with exceptional brain. But actually, people born with exceptional brain is rare. People who master, who are, who are able to master their memory and to use them very all, or um, memory masters say that they develop that skill, right? So it's something that you can develop. The brain also does not do multitasking, as some people think it does. It doesn't. The reason it doesn't is because, the reason we think it does is because you are not really multitasking, but rather you are, you, you are switching. You are switching from one context to the other. You are doing something here, and then you move and then do something here, and then you move and do something here. And because you are able to do that, you think you are multitasking. No, brain doesn't do multitasking. You are just switching between tasks and because tasks. And because you are doing that, concentration on either side is not maximum. So if you want maximum concentration, you need focus. It works like a, like a laser light. Focus on one thing and then it burns it. Exercising improves the brain memory and thinking. So I guess that's, just as exercising is good for the body, it's also good for the brain because it, you, you take in more oxygen and it needs the oxygen to work. Now, let me make a point here on the point, on the point two because I think I, I didn't really excite the point two. That the brain is 73% water. And indeed, we know that most of the body parts are content, is, is really made up of water. Right, now, so if, it needs, it's, if it's 73% water, then it, it, then it means that water is necessary for the brain's functioning. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you get dehydrated, it doesn't help in the functioning of the brain. It doesn't. So you, if you use your brain to, you, to do a lot, a, lot, a lot of work, I'm just using the, the word if, just to be modest, but actually you should. <laughs> be using your brain, praise God. Uh, I know it comes out as very, it comes out in a very offensive manner, but that's not what it's meant to say, you know, use your brain. No, 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 I don't mean it in the offensive manner. I'm just... I don't know how best to say. We've, we have used it in an offensive manner so much that I don't know how best I can, I can say. If I say make use of your brain, it is still the same thing. It doesn't really change it. So if I say engage your brain, it still comes out as offensive. So I don't know how best I can say that sentence and make it look very, uh, very, very good. But, ba but basically, if you use our, so that's why I'm using the word if. If we use our brains when we are dehydrated, we don't get the best out of it. Right. Reading aloud develops the brain. Yeah? So, children 
who read silently to themselves are not really helping in the development of the brain. And as much as, as read, reading aloud is good for the brain, it is also good to talk to children aloud. I don't mean shouting at them. But talking to them loud is a good thing. It helps in developing the brain. Because when you read aloud, different, you know, <laughs> the brain is an electrical field. How many of us know that? It's an electrical field. Those nerve endings. It's a very, it's a, it's a highly charged place. <laughs> that is why, you know, some cars, when you've got problem, problems with the remote, and you attach it to, your, to, your, to, to the side of your head, and you press it, it seems to get your car remote if it's not working to work. Because it's an, it's an electrical field. So actually, you are, you are an electrical volt, I mean, walking on the, <laughs> right. Sleep, so, no, sleep helps the brain to function properly. Sleep is very, very good. Sleep is good. Sleep is good. If you are struggling with, have you realized that, you know, people will always say, you know what, let's sleep over this. And we will come back. Because sleep has a way of, you know, refreshing everything, getting everything back into connecting things, making you create creativity. People, a person who is sleep deprived does not get the best out of the brain. I remember having to stay in a place. <laughs> I think I stayed in the library for, for two days. <laughs> I literally stayed there two, two days. I did not move. <laughs> because I, I had to give some work to somebody. It was a deadline. I had to give something to somebody. And I stayed, literally stayed, stayed there. And I think that at the end of the, I left the third day. At the end of the second, getting the second night, I realized I wasn't making sense. And eventually what I handed in was just bogus. Because at the end of the day, my mind, I was just exhausted. So sleep is good. Hello? Now, why are we talking about, why, why, why did I bring this thing in? Because the brain, can we get back to the previous, previous slide, please? Because the, the previous slide, please. Because the brain activity, you know, where you were earlier on, praise God, hallelujah. The brain activity creates awareness. And this awareness, which we call the mind. Because the brain activity creates a state of consciousness. Or the word is awareness. And we call that the mind. 
So for your mind to be what it ought to be, it's important to understand how the brain works or the way that uh, some facts about the brain so that we can get the best out of the mind. Now I would like to bring your mind to Romans chapter 12, please, and the second verse. Actually, the, sorry, the first verse. In Romans chapter 12, the verse, the verse 1, when the apostle says, I beseech you by the presence of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto, unto God. He adds these words in the King James. It says, reasonable service. In some other versions, it says spiritual service. But I would like to say that those words, the reasonable, the King James translates it very well, reasonable. But the word service is actually not service, but worship. So the word, so the thing is, is basically saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable worship. Or, to paraphrase it, just the last part, this is the only kind of worship that God will accept from a rational being. Let me say that again. The last part basically says, this is the only kind of worship that God will accept from a rational being. So God expects us to worship him rationally, as, as rational beings. Not zombies. So Christianity is not about zombie worship. Christianity is it's a rational, it's about rationality. It's about using your mind. The mind is critical. The mind is crucial. Praise the Lord. Now as we have, as we made mention of this last week, we made mention of the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. That there are two kinds of minds. Praise the Lord. There are two kinds of minds. Now, the, I want to show you this picture about the... The mind is made up of... Just generally speaking, generally speaking, the conscious part and the subconscious part. Interestingly, the subconscious part takes or occupies 95% of your whole mind. Your conscious mind, which is your the mind that deals with the present, your present awareness, occupies only 
about 5%. Some say 10, some say 8, some say 12. But for whatever it is, for the sake of argument, let's say it is 5%, right? Very, 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 very small amount. But the bigger amount is the subconscious mind. So at, every, at, each, at each point in time, the probability of you operating in your subconscious mind is higher than the probability of operating in your conscious mind. Because it's only 5%. So basically, as you live your life the whole day, the chances of you operating in your sub, from your subconscious mind is 95% chance. Let's say, let's, for the sake of argument, those who say 10, the chance of you operating from your subconscious mind in a day is 90%. And the chances of operating from the conscious mind is 10%. Right? The conscious mind is responsible for present awareness, thinking, reasoning, and creativity. The conscious mind is concerned with the here and now. Basically, the present moment. It's concerned with that, with just that. But the subconscious mind, the next slide please. The subconscious mind is concerned, basically the subconscious mind contains all the information that you have ever had since birth. Hello. Don't worry, I think there's something wrong with it. Because I can see this on even an old slide, so don't worry. I think there's something wrong with it. With my transmission. The subconscious mind, as we said, is a storage house. It contains everything that you have ever been exposed to. Right from birth. Even from the womb, you, come, you have some, some things that are being programmed there anyway. Basically, up to, up to age seven, right? You, your subconscious mind has been operating. The conscious mind scientifically starts operating from the age seven. So by the time you hit age seven and you start using your conscious mind, you've already been programmed. I'm getting somewhere. So just bear with me. Praise God. Just, just, just bear with me. By the time you get to age seven, and you start doing stuff, start engaging with the world, you are already programmed. You are already programmed to function in a certain way. And whilst the conscious mind is concerned with thinking, rationality, creativity, and all that stuff, and for the present, the conscious mind it's mainly deals with the emotional side of things. The pains, the things, the experience that you've, that, you've, that, you've, that you've gone through. All those things are stored there. So as a child is growing, as a child is growing up, the things it sees in the home, 
the thing it hears, sorry, the, the, the thing that the child, the children hear as they are growing up, as they're growing up, by the time they hit the age seven, they've already. So if those things were negative or whatever they are, by the time they hit age seven, they've already been programmed. So when they start now thinking, now the conscious mind uses the things you've stored on the inside to actually engage. So by the time the child now starts to engage with his, his, his or her world, he's already been programmed. Programmed by the program from the home, programmed from the marriage relationship, programmed from the environment, programmed from whatever. So you wonder, why is a child behaving like this? Well, it's just what is seeing that is, see is bringing out right, right, right now. God have mercy. So all these things work together to determine the kind of life we will live. Now, God did not put us here just to sing songs. Hello. God did not put us here just to eat food. I am picking on those essential things that we need to do in life. Because worshiping God, singing songs, worshiping God is great. If eating food is great, God did not put us here just to have relationships with, 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 with one another, to have family. They are good. God put us here to do something, to fulfill purpose. To fulfill purpose. To fulfill purpose. To accomplish, 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 accomplish purpose. Hallelujah. Amen. But to accomplish purpose, God makes us to understand that our mind is needed to accomplish purpose. Now come with me to the verse 2, please. Romans 12 verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've, 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 we've looked at that. Renewing of your mind. Okay? We've looked at that. Then the next word, what does he say? He says, that, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now the word that is a word ice. Okay? It's translated from the word ice and this word is often used as a preposition or it is often used to indicate intent or purpose. So the King James does well in translating it as a purpose word. It says that. That's purpose. That. Um, I am emphasizing this thing. Because the Bible teaches that we need to be a transformed people. Praise, praise God. Now, we've been shaped by the, by the world. But then the, world, the Bible says that we need to grow out. 
of this world. Hello. You see all the men in gray. That's the form we are, we are, we are in. But then God is saying, after Christ comes in, trans, move your form, move out. Hello. Now let me point this out. When we talk about moving of the form, our minds can go to the body. But actually, it is not the body that is to be moved. It is the mind. Hallelujah. So it is the mind that we are looking at, not the, not the physical body. Because you can physically move your body from a certain place. But then your mind is still there. You can move from Egypt and your mind is still in Egypt. You can move from one town to the other. And your mind is still in the old place. You see, we've been shaped from infancy. You know, like David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. And after conception, I also came to meet a world that is fallen. Thanks to the Garden of Eden. I mean, thanks to what happened in the Garden, Garden, Garden of Eden. We are all born into a world that's already sinful. And the practices and the habits, the behaviors, the things that I've seen are all not right. They are all, they are, they are, most of them are... 90% of, of them are, are wrong. So we are born into a world like this. So before you even begin your, your, your own life, you have a narrative. You have a program set within. So you wonder why you say certain things. Why, why am I acting this way? And then you say, well, that was the way God cre cre created me. No, 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 no. My Bible tells me everything God created, when he looked at it, at it, what did he say? It is good. But once we have come into this world, the things that we have heard, seen, and experienced has programmed us. So right from the, from the infancy, those things have been, and a program has been set. And when the conscious mind kicks in after the age seven to begin to function, it's already got a faulty program. So what do you expect? And not that it sees it. It doesn't end there. As we grow, as we continue in the world, to engage in the world, we keep on seeing these things still happening. And the mind is storing them. Because you see, the subconscious mind stores everything from our senses, from our five senses. And it also stores everything that the conscious mind does. Good. Every thinking that a conscious mind that it, it also stores those, those things too, which is which is which is good news. Hallelujah. So God is not saying, I want you to just have a renewed mind. God is saying there is something I want you to do with a renewed mind. 
He said, the verse 2. Have a renewed mind that, that purpose, that. Have a renewed mind that, that you may, hallelujah, praise God. Have a renewed mind so that you may prove. So the purpose of the renewed mind is for something else. To be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Praise God. So what does he mean by prove? Prove simply means to examine, to test, to discern, to make judgment, to be able to make a distinction. Prove that you'll be able to prove. Praise God. In Ephesians chapter 5 and the 10, I'll read from the 8th verse. Ephesians chapter 5, the 8th verse. Okay, sorry, from, from the verse 7. Be not therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable to God. That is, being able to examine, being able to discern, being able to make a distinction between things of what is acceptable to God and what is not. So God is interested in us having a mind that is able to make a distinction between things. Now, so far, let me ask you now, having gone through this conscious mind and the subconscious mind, what mind do you think is able to do the distinguishing and the, and the analyzing and the examining and the proving? What mind? The subconscious mind, what it does is that it stores every information that comes into it. All right? And it is responsible for all the processes. Whether you are awake or not. It's, the subconscious mind is like your heart. You can't see it, but it is behind the, the scenes doing most, engaging in most of the work that happens in your body. Cell growth, breathing, everything that goes on in the body, the subconscious mind is responsible for, for that. Okay? And the subconscious mind doesn't do creative thinking. It doesn't, it doesn't do any, any, any creative thinking. It doesn't do any examination. It is all that it does. All that it does is that it, you see, it, it groups things for you. <laughs> When I say your, our mind was given to us to serve us, actually it is. Our mind was given to serve us. What, is, what, what happens in the subconscious is that all the things that you've ever been exposed to, what a mind, it stores it, and not just stores it, it tries to form a unity of all that you've, this bad experience, 
some good ones, some bad ones. It's trying, it tries to form a unity for you. It tries to bring everything under one roof for, for you. So that when you need something, it's to say, okay, have it. Have it. Right? So, it tries to group everything. Put the things down. So, it thinks, that, okay, since you're, you are exposed to it, this is what you like, so have it. I mean, what is not what you like? So, the subconscious mind gives you, you also, 90% of, of, of the time, something happens, you meet a, a situation, and the money, that situation comes to you, automatically it brings a thing up to you and says, okay, this is it. So, whether it's a good thing or it's a bad thing, it brings it up. And then you behave or act just, just like that. Okay? Because that's, and it's usually the emotional side. But the conscious mind is the one that does the thinking, the reasoning, the critical analysis, the creativity. Right? So I'm asking, which part of the mind does the proving? Of what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The conscious mind. But did you realize that this conscious mind only occupies 5% of the mind? So right here, we've got a challenge. The part that is supposed to do the proving of what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, it's only 5% chance of you doing that. But the one that you can easily fall onto doesn't do that bit. Right. So God is saying, I want you to renew your mind so that you can prove, right? You can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Proven. So here, and what are you proving? You are proving the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So that means the mind is to be engaged in a process of establishing what is acceptable to God. The mind is to be engaged in a process of establishing what is proper, what is good, what is, what is perfect. Perfect what? God's will. God's will. God's will. Hallelujah. Amen. God's will. What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So basically, what is happening here is that God expects us to be able to understand what he wants or his purpose. That means in the midst of the plenty of things around us, God is expecting that the people he has created will be able to grasp his purpose, his will. Not just anything. So, living as a human being, God created us to execute his plans to take charge of the earth and to execute his purposes here on this earth. And how we are going to be helped in doing that is in the use of the mind. 
So God created us to bring out or to establish a purpose, a goal. Something that comes from him here on this earth. And the only way that thing is, is going to be done is when the mind is renewed. Hello. The renewing of the mind, we know, is a, is a subconscious mind that needs to be renewed. But the proving side of things, the examining, is something that the conscious mind has to do. So, this is the whole plan. The program is wrong. The program is not right. Imagine man had not fallen in the Garden of Eden. The whole mind will be great, will be excellent. When we're going to respond, the things that we do automatically will be what God wants because it was, it was in its, its, its pure state. Hallelujah. But now there's something faulty there. But that is also the part that we draw from a lot. Have you ever heard someone does, does something and they say, you've done this. How did you do it? Oh, sorry. Autopilot. Have you ever heard that phrase? Yeah. Autopilot. Oh, today I'm on autopilot. I'm not thinking, but I'm, getting, I'm, doing, I'm doing things. Do you know what's going on? You are relying on your subconscious mind. To be doing all the things that you've been doing. Autopilot. Like we said, that's why you can drive to a place and not consciously think of any of the turnings that you've done. But you've arrived safe, 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 safely. Because you were on autopilot. And most of the time, we respond to people on, on autopilot. Somebody does something and then we get respond. And then we get wrong. See, so instinct, instinct, instinct. Anything that comes from the instinct is a subconscious mind response. Instinct. But God is saying there must be a renewal. There must be a, the, a renewal so we can prove. So we can be able to judge these things. Now, the one that does the thinking, as we say, and the reasoning and the creativity is the conscious mind. So the conscious mind has to come in. It has to be involved in all this process. Because if we leave our subconscious mind to just make all the decisions or to just bring things up, nothing can be done. Or things will be done, but it will be done the hard way. How many of us have goals in life? You have certain goals. You have goals. Do you know why some of those and how, some of some of those goals have they been long coming? Okay, can I ask a question here? You got goals, but really, there's no demon stopping you, no man stopping you, no economic conditions stopping you, but you're not doing them. Anyone here like that? You've got things to do. There's no one really stopping you. But you're not really achieving them. You're not really getting them done. Anyone here like that? <laughs> right. This is a challenge. 
This is, this is the challenge. God wants us to accomplish his purposes here on this earth. We, 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 were, we were put here to accomplish God's purposes. God's kingdom purposes. Okay? But for us to accomplish these this purposes of God, relying just on a subconscious mind is not going to get it done. Unless this subconscious mind is renewed. But this renewal process is going to take some time to do it. Hello? It's a renewal process going on, going on, going on. But we need to get God's program going. So what can be done to get this thing going? The conscious mind must be employed, must be brought in. Because there's a connection between the two. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope I'm communicating. Um, okay, so how do we start? Let's start like this. Let's start like this. The... The mind, the conscious mind, can help in doing this work, like I've said over and over and over again. But how do we do this? We have said, number one, you need to learn to do what? To have mental pictures of what you want to do. We said last week, be able to repeat things. Very, very good. Because as you're doing it, you can then help replace what is there in the subconscious. And with time, you're able to reroute certain things. And then when you face certain situations, you are able to now respond and say, hey, this is it. Somebody says something, and automatically, a response comes without even thinking about it. Because the mind wants to help. It wants to help you. Like, like, like I said, it wants to make life simple for you. So it has group things. It has group things. When you get this response, when you get this, when you get this action come to you, you respond like this. It has grouped all those things. It has grouped them. That's the reason why somebody does, somebody does this, maybe, and then you give a slap, or maybe somebody does something. That's, that, that's what comes. So, so we, it's, it's all been programmed. So now, if God wants us to fulfill his purposes, the thing is this. Until we tell, until we tell the mind to do something, okay? The mind is very obedient. Until we tell, I know someone say, no, no, my mind is obedient. No, your mind is. Your mind is, 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 is here to serve you. Your mind is here to serve you. Until you can tell your mind what to do, subconscious will give you what you, what, you, what you should do. If it was options, even better. But it will give you automatically what you must do. And sometimes what you must do is not the right thing. Because to prove, because naturally speaking, we do not select the, mind, the will of God. 
because we've been born in sin, shaped in sin, programmed in sin, have a narrative that is not lined up with the will of God. So if we just leave ourselves as is, things will not be done. Do you know what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18? It says that, Proverbs 29 verse 18, what does it, what does it say? It says, without vision, what happens? Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So here, the thing is vision and law. Okay? So here, basically, what, what he's saying is that, he's saying that a perception of God and the loss of God, without you having a certain understanding of God and the principles or the values of God, what will happen? We perish. We perish. That means we need something before us. We need something called a goal, something called a purpose before us for us to be able to achieve something constructive. Is someone hearing me? Because without a goal, without a goal, all we would do is respond to life based on instincts. And that is what is sometimes called animalistic responses. Animalistic responses. So without a goal, we will perish. Jesus in Matthew 6, 33 said, hey, after he's he introduced the people to the kingdom of God, he said, now, seek ye what? First. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That means make, this should be prime. The nature of God, the principles of God, the values of God, they must be prime. So he set a goal before us. So when you wake up in the morning and you have not even decided on what you're going to do, you already should have something to do. Seeking the kingdom of God. And what is that? What, are, what does it mean in practical terms? The nature of God, the characteristics of God. Seek for it. The values of God, enforce it. The principles of God, enforce it. So when you wake up, even when you're not decided what you want to do, you already have set by Christ Jesus a goal, a purpose, something to do to advance God's kingdom. That is to seek. To seek the characteristics of God, the nature of God. So I'm in this home. I've woken up this, 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 this morning. How, how is the nature of God being manifested here? So, when you, so, so as you come out of your room, you are looking for one thing, that you see the nature of God manifested, the, the values of God manifested, the principles of God manifested. So wherever you go, you are looking for these things. Hallelujah. Amen. So number one. So there must be a goal. Without a goal, without a purpose in front of us, the mind wanders and does whatever. And then all your actions become animalistic. But when you have a goal in mind, animalistic instincts are put behind you. I'm feeling this way, but I've got a goal. How many of us here, you are students, okay? You've got a deadline to meet. Tomorrow, 
morning, 10 a.m., you, you are handing in that paper or that homework. And the night when you are sitting down, busy studying, you want to get an A, a goal in front of you. And then somebody comes and say, your brother comes and say, let's go and watch TV. How many of us will sacrifice that time to go and watch the TV? You say, no way. Come on, get behind me. I'm busy. You devil, get away from me. You know, because you've got a goal. You've got a goal. So what am I saying? The reason why I must go, I mean, nothing has been accomplished among some people is because there's no goal set. No purpose being followed. But once a purpose, you see, the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind needs a goal. It's here to serve you. The mind is given to serve you. But what the mind wants, the mind is saying, I want to give me a goal. If you give me a goal, I will help you achieve it. Have you realized that anything that comes, you, anything that you form in the mind to do, you have the strength to do it? But when you have not set up your mind to do it, do you do it? No, let me ask you. Do you go out of your way to raise funds? Hello? Did you go out of our way to, to raise funds? Unless we set up and set down, we have set up a goal to raise funds, then we are not doing it. So God sets his, so the same way with the kingdom of God. Until we set that, you know what, I'm, I am here on this earth to fulfill the, the to, to seek God's kingdom, to fulfill a purpose. You realize that you will live your life by eating in the morning, eating lunch, eating dinner, going to bed, watching TV, waking up, doing the same thing, doing the same thing, doing the same, going to watch, no, sorry, let me add work. Morning, eat in the morning, go to work, have lunch, do some things, buy some clothes. Now, those buy clothes, buy food, eat, next day the same thing, one week, two weeks the same thing, three weeks the same thing, one month, one year, five years, and you're just there. And all you've, had, all you've achieved so far is put on a, a little weight with, with some cheeks, looking good. And friends see, oh, you, you, you're looking great. Oh, you, oh you're looking great. And then, and, and then you're happy. But really, what are you really accomplishing as a human being, as a Christian? What are you accomplishing? Because God put you here on this, on this, on this earth to achieve his purposes, to achieve his kingdom goals. And which of them have we achieved? Hello. The mind... It's here to serve you. Whatever goal you give the mind, the mind will help you do it. The moment you put your attention on it, it will want to help you. It will want to help you. The mind will want to help you. Hello? It got <laughs> Are we hearing what Romans 12, 2 is saying? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That means until you bring the mind to that place. I want a renewed mind that will seek my will. That will seek my good purpose. That will seek my acceptable purpose. That will seek my perfect will or my perfect purpose. So that means God wants the mind to seek his perfect and acceptable and good purpose. God wants us to seek that. But that seeking will only be done. That purpose will only be achieved if we set it 
I said, go on the mind. Hello. If you, God have mercy. God is good. Your mind will listen to you once you give it a go. Whatever you give your mind to do, okay. But things, things you don't want to do, your mind will also help you not to do them. Shall I give you an example? You've been given an, an assignment to do, right? Whether in church, school, your job, whatever you are. Or home. You are a child. You've been told to do the washing. Sweep the floor. Do something. Dress your bed. But you don't want to do it. Right? You don't want to, you don't, you don't want to do it. Let me come home. Dress your bed in the morning. But you don't want to do it. So, you're waking up in the morning. You can see the bed needs to be dressed. But you don't want to do it. Oh, this bed, I don't want to do it. Oh, you don't want to do it. Okay, wait a little bit. They will tell you, oh, wait, since you don't want to do it. The, the mind, whatever goal you set, the mind will help you. Yes, amen. Amen. Yeah, it will help you. You don't want to do it. Oh, okay. Wait. I don't want to do it. Yeah, okay, all right. And then you, um, um, you, you know, you forgot this thing here. Oh, okay, yeah, let me, let, let me go and get that. And then when you finish, go and get that one. It will help you not do it. Because your mind is given to assist you here on this earth. So the mind will help you do whatever you say you want to do. Exactly what you want to do. So if you tell it exactly, I want to achieve this goal. That is what your mind will enable you to do. That's why God gives us goals. God gives us goals. He said that, where there's no vision, my people perish. Where there's no vision, where there's no purpose, people just wake up and they live anyhow. Have you woken up in the morning before and you're not going, it's, it's, a, it's a holiday, you're not going anywhere, got no plans, no visit, no, you got nothing. And when you wake up, you are in your PJs or you are in your morning and you can be in it till about 4 p.m. <laughs> Ever been there? Because you're not going anywhere. So you get there. And then you eat and then somebody calls you and then. And then at some point, you begin to feel a bit miserable. A bit miserable. Because now, do you know where that misery is coming from? And you don't, you don't, you don't even know where it's coming from. It's your subconscious. Because anytime you feel miserable and you can't really pinpoint, it's one of those experiences that you've had that is feeding its influence back to you. Oh, I don't know why I'm feeling so miserable. Some demon, some... No, no, no. It ain't no demon. It's your own storage that's pushing things back to you. I'm feeling so miserable. And then some days you feel so happy. You don't know why. Yes, it's one of those. If you, if you sit down quietly, let your conscious mind connect. You realize, ah, it was this thing. But until your, conscious, uh, until your conscious mind connects, you won't really be able to put a finger on it. So, give your mind a goal. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give your mind a goal. 
And basically, when I say go, give your mind, give your mind to the purpose that God has given you. I can't seem to get out of this thing. Your purpose, your purpose, your, your God-given purpose in life. Get it up. Okay? And when you get it up in the morning, when you, give, when you wake up in the morning, give yourself a purpose for that morning. How, this morning, how am I going to contribute to my big purpose? Praise God. God wants me to do this. This week, what am I doing to achieve it? And this morning, so if, I, if, if in my week I'm going to do this to achieve it, so every morning, what would I do in preparation towards this? Give yourself that goal and you find yourself moving towards achieving that God-given purpose. And a sense of fulfillment will now begin to sink down into your soul. Why? Because you are doing what God put you here on this earth to do. Because some people, the reason why we are never satisfied, we are, we, are, we are forever battered and down, is because we're not accomplishing what God has put us here on this earth to do. Anytime we abandon what God has put us here to do, that sense of dissatisfaction, displeased comes in. Why? Because you are forming something within you. You are forming a new thing inside of you. Something new. So when you're not continuing in it, in it you begin to feel. I used to, I was part of the, I was part of the, I was part, I'll, I'll, I'll come to point two in a few seconds. Keep it, keep it there, please. I was part of a prayer group in my church before I went to uni. And we used to meet on Saturdays. And I've been in it all, I mean, almost, almost all the time that I've been a Christian. I've been, I've been, I've been, every Saturday I go there. And guess what? I go to the campus, Saturday comes, and there's no place to go to. And now I'm feeling the pinch of, ah, where am I going to go? That was a subconscious, you know, really. This is what you do every, every Saturday. So why are you not doing it? That is why when people have an addiction, it's very difficult sometimes to break it. Because the subconscious the, the, the is, is telling them. It, it thinks it is helping you. Because you've told it, this is what you, this is what you do. Okay, let, that brings me to the point two. That brings me to point two. Make your goal pleasurable to you. Make the goal that you set for your life, make it pleasurable. Why? Because your mind loves pleasurable things. Things that are not nice, your mind doesn't like it. Hello? Hello? <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question. Did you eat, have you ever eaten anything and got a stomach ache from, from eating it? Now, the next time you wanted to eat that same thing, what, what, did, you, what, what did your... What happened to you? You begin to have feelings of... So, the moment you go back towards that thing again, you have feelings of the experience. Bad, 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 bad. It, it doesn't want it. But if you enjoyed it, and you see it again, what happens? Go for it, go for it, go for it. So, you see, so your mind loves things that are pleasurable. So, 
when, you, when those goals that God wants you to accomplish, okay, because of our narrative, because of our programming, some of the things that God wants us to do may not be appealing to us and we may want to run away from it. But you need to make it pleasurable. Tell the mind, this is pleasurable. I like this. I want to do this. Because if you don't, that's the reason why people procrastinate. You want to do it. You know it is good, but because you don't like it, keep on procrastinating. <laughs> hey. And then you go and then you come back. Are you not going to do it? Um, yes, I was going to do it. And then, and then a cat ran under my bed. So I'm looking for the cat. And, no, a mouse ran under my bed. And I'm trying to catch it. And, mom, and the mom says, what are you saying, Ruth? Say, um, mom, uh, I saw a lizard and a, and a cat fighting under my bed, so I wanted to catch it. And then, because, because you don't want to do it, you are procrastinating. You're giving excuses about things that you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to do. Now, watch something. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Pleasurable. Pleasurable. See what God does here. God does something. I want to show. Um, I want to show you something in relation to, to this. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and I've heard their cry by, re by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrow. Now verse 8. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land Unto a good land and a large. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. What did God say he was bringing them to? A good land, a large land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That means a very fertile land, very good land that will serve them well. Whoa, we like it. Whoa, we like it. We like it. So yeah, yeah, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. Okay. Now come with me to Numbers. Now number 16. Hello. Number 16 verse 13 and 14. Now listen, listen to this. Now they are on their way, right? Now, now, now they are on their way. Is it, this, 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 this is now Israel speaking to Moses, Right? Israel talking to Moses. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of a land, out of a land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in this wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us? Verse 14. Moreover, Thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of field and vineyards. Will thou put out the eye of this man? See, so you've not given us a land flowing with milk and honey at all. So the reason why we left Egypt was because you told us the land we are going into is a land that floweth with milk and honey. 
But now you brought us here. And we can't see anything. So if God had told them, I'm picking you from Egypt, you go through a very hard place, you will fight battles, you will fight wars, you will face enemies, you must conquer. Sometimes you will not have water for a long time. Sometimes you will be hungry and you will be wearing your clothes without change, changing them, your shoes without changing them. They would have said, ah, 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 no, 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 we ain't, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't going. Why? Because God is the one who made man. And he knows that the mind, the mind loves pleasurable things. So look through the Bible. Anytime you see God commanding anybody, God give them the wonderful sign. <laughs> so it is something we must learn from God. So when there's a goal to be accomplished, make the goal pleasurable. Tell your mind, this goal is pleasurable. I like this. I like it. It's, it's lovely. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Tell, tell your mind, I like this. I like this. I like this thing. I'm going to, oh, this is difficult. No, I like it. It's good. I'm going to get this thing done. Hello. I'm going to get this thing done. Have you ever been faced with a task? And actually, the task was humongous. You didn't even know where to start. Ever been there? Maybe I'm the only one here who has ever faced that. It, I didn't know where to start from. And the natural tendency was to say, do you know what? Adios. But the thing was that I needed it. So I said, I said to myself, I'm going to do this. And I sat down. Hello. I sat down. And by the time I realized the job was done, and I sat back and said, how? How did I get this thing done? Wow. Wow. Amazing. Praise God. Amazing. Amazing. You want to start a new course. You want, to, you, want to, you want to study. But you're thinking, three years to study. Difficult. No. No. I will lose money. I will, my pay will go, my salary will go down if I start doing this new thing. No, I'd rather stay here and just suffer like that. Really? No, don't do that. Go for it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Whatever God has said before you, go for it. If God has put it before you, go for it. Amen. Because you will have every reason to back off if there, if there are difficulties on the way. But make it pleasurable and the mind will serve you. Once you tell the mind, this is, this is good. I like it. I want to go through it. <laughs> the basic thing is that your mind will do exactly what you tell it should do. That's the conscious mind. You know what? Mm. Subconscious comes and says, it is difficult. And then conscious mind says, no, we are doing this. We like it. We are doing it. Send a message back. Okay, we are doing it. All right, okay. And then he does it. And there is something about the subconscious mind. Let me tell you. The subconscious mind doesn't know past. Doesn't know future. It doesn't know what you are watching is a movie. 
It doesn't know whether what you're watching is a reality. It doesn't know whether what you're, think, what you're doing is just thinking. That leads me to the third thing. To the third thing. To the third thing. Hello? It leads me to the third thing. It doesn't know whether what you are doing, it doesn't know whether something is past, is present, or is, it, doesn't, it doesn't know it. All it knows is that this is an experience we are storing. That's all it cares about. So, what you want to be doing is make use of visuals and words. Praise God. Make use of what? Make use of visuals and words. Make use of them. Use them. Use visuals. Use words. Praise God. In, Genesis, in Numbers 13 verse 30. If you get there. Numbers 13 verse 30. To verse 14 and 12. Caleb, went to the, Caleb and Joshua went with the people to view the land of Jericho. Right? When they came back. Caleb was, the people were given the, were, were the report. Let me read it, actually. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Okay, let's go on. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Number one, right? They're stronger than we. They are, they are painting a picture. Let's go on. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we had gone to search, watch this, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Hallelujah. Let's, go, let's, let's continue. And there we saw the sons of Anak which come out of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers in their sight. So they saw us the same way as grasshoppers in their sight. What, is it? what are they saying here? And because of that, if you go on to the next chapter... Chapter 14, please, verse 1. And the whole congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Other, the, other versions would say they wept the whole night. So, so, why, so, so what, what's happening? The, congreg the congregation wept the whole night. Why? Because of an image, a picture, a visual that has been communicated in, into, in, into them. A visual. No, had the people who were weeping, had they seen the sons of, sons of Anak? No, but here they were weeping. They were weeping. Visuals. Visuals. And God was not very happy with them at all. If you go down to the verse 12 of the chapter 14, God wasn't very happy with them at all. Why? They saw a picture was given to them. They saw the picture and then they spoke and they said, you know what? They wanted to go and then God said, no, 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 you're not going. 
you're, you're not going. And then he said, oh, we will still go. And then Moses said, if you go, you will be defeated because God is not going with you. And they went. And they got defeated. And they came back still crying. So what are we saying here? Your mind needs pictures and words. Hallelujah. God is saying, I have called you to the nation. I have called you to do this for me. Maybe gather the young people in Thorough, you know, and pour all that I've taught you into them. Begin to form that picture. Form that image in your mind. Or whatever thing that God has called you to do. Form, begin to form images of those things. Why? Because those images will cause the mind to respond. Form those images of what God says you should do. Hello? They had not seen the sons of Anak, but they were weeping. Sorry, can I have the next slide, please? No, this one, please. Yeah, thank you. Can everyone see it, please? If you can't see it, please get up and see it. I want you to see it. I want you to watch it. See it. Forget you are in a service. Just, just, just watch it. Right. As you are watching... What's happening to your salvation? You are salivating, aren't you? And some of you, your tummy is, you know, woo. Woo. That is what images do. So now imagine yourself being invited to this feast, to this meat feast. Right? So that is the effect of images on the mind. Okay? So, once you give your mind images, it begins to now work. It begins to help you to achieve it. <laughs> once you, it begins to help you to move towards achieving this vision. Praise the Lord. So, you need to feed those whatever God has told you to do. God has given you a purpose. God has put something in your heart. Begin to form those pictures of those things that you want to see. Hallelujah. Amen. God has put you in a school. You're really struggling. See, you don't like going to the school. Every morning you have tummy ache. Every, every morning something's happening. You don't, you don't want to go. You dread the classroom. You think about a teacher asking you questions. And you're and you shaking. The classroom is not very nice. So when you go to the classroom, you just go and misbehave. You talk. You make noise. You distract. So that teacher doesn't get a chance to ask you a question because you are scared. Now, 
Change. You've got an image in your mind. Change that image. Begin to have that image of you going to the classroom, being asked a, a, a question and answering it. Now begin to imagine yourself answering questions, discussing with your, with your colleagues, doing stuff, Be, basically engaging it. Love it. Love it. Hello. See yourself loving. Have, have, have good, bring up good images, bring up good visuals and loving it. Because it is some, unless it is something you should not be doing. But if you should be doing, God has put you there to be doing it. Then have the visuals of it and be doing it. And saying to yourself, this is what I like. It is good. I love it. Hello? I love it. It is good. I like it. Praise God. Have you ever been asked to do a presentation? And you had butterflies in your tummy? And you didn't want to do it? All along, you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. You don't. You don't. You don't, you don't want to do it. You sat down behind your laptop and you and you prepared all the things, but really you are dreading standing up to do it. And then the, the, the day actually comes. The time comes, and they call you to go. And then you are saying to yourself, oh, "I rather die than do this this this, this present, present presentation. I rather die than, than do it. I rather die than than, than do it." Okay. The, so once you told the mind, you rather die than do it. The mind now wants to help you. Because whatever you want to do, the mind is given to serve you here on this earth. So do you know what he does? Do you know what he does? As you are going, before you climb the podium, you trip. <laughs> you trip. You fall down. And when you fall down, maybe something breaks. You don't want to do it. So he's helping you. So you end up not doing it. Oh, what a, oh, oh, sorry. And then you go to the hospital. Oh, what a shame. And... <laughs> You're in hospital bed with your hand. Uh, uh, uh. Your hand is in the in the in the in the in the cast, and you prefer that to have done that presentation because you told your mind you rather die than do it. So so it will do anything to help you. Anything possible. So what you want to do? What you want to do? What you want to do? Form those mental images of them and then speak them. Speak that I like this thing that I'm doing. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I like it. And get yourself going. Praise God. Praise God. The last thing I want to say is this. What have I been talking about? I've been talking about accomplishing the purposes, the goals of God here on this earth. That God has put us here to fulfill, to, to accomplish goals. But these goals will only be accomplished when we are able to you know, engage the conscious mind. Because the subconscious mind will not do these things for you. So you need to engage the conscious mind to do these things. And inform the subconscious mind in the process. Hallelujah. Amen. Because to be able to achieve, because why should we be going through year after year, year after year, and then all that we have done is just accomplish things that everyone is just doing. And all that we do is just also just, just respond to things animalistically. Why should that be the case for us when really we are humans and God has given us a mind? And this mind is to accomplish things. Did you know that other species have got other species have got mind as well, but this is more animalistic. 
Like, 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 like what is? They just do all these things. They just respond on impulse, but we are not made like that. We are made to actually make decisions, decide on things. We are to be present. Instead of the subconscious deciding for us what to do, we are to be here and now, present, being the conscious mind. Hallelujah. You see, we are supposed to fun- we are to function in the in the conscious mind because if unless your subconscious mind is pure, clean, filled with all the good things and the good stories of God, that you can depend upon it. But it is not so. We've been groomed, we've been groomed in a faulty world. So whatever you you if you leave yourself, just leave yourself. You will be bring you always be responding to things the wrong way. So the conscious mind must be engaged. And how can we how how can we remain in that in that in that in that conscious mind? You need to be to make yourself someone who is always present. Ask questions. That's, that's, that, that, is, that is one way of doing that. Ask yourself questions. Things are happening. Ask questions. Why is Pastor preaching this way? But if you just sit, you can be responding to me out of a subconscious. Oh, I've heard that one before. I've heard that text before. But why is Pastor preaching this today? Why are we talking about the mind last week and this week? Why are we doing that? Because we are rational beings. And God wants us not just to just respond animalistically to, uh, with our feelings and emotions. Someone has done something. Automatically, you want, you want to respond with a letter, with a, with a, with a text. But if you, if you can just be present right now, ask yourself, would that be the best way to respond? Would that be the right way to do this thing? You realize that your, mind, your conscious mind will tell you, actually, no, it's, it's not. Maybe you need to respond this way. Much better than this way. Praise God. So asking questions, asking why, asking who, asking those things helps us to be in the present. Because actually some people, they are awake, their eyes open, but they are not awake consciously. They are are not. And that is how other people get to bully and manipulate many people. Because 95% of the times, people are operating from the subconscious. So they are not conscious. So they can pass certain things. Pass them. And people just respond out of their subconscious. Oh, this man did that 10 years ago. So it's alright. This person did this thing 20 years ago. So that's alright. But what about now? What, what, what is happening now? Oh no, they are not thinking. And most people are not thinking. They are awake, but not, their eyes are open, but they're not thinking. People can be in a classroom. Have you ever been in a classroom or have, have you ever been in a church service? You are listening to the preacher, but you heard nothing. Because you are not conscious. You are in your subconscious. You, you, are, you, you, are, you are on autopilot. But God doesn't want us to be on autopilot. God wants us to be in a conscious mode. That is why it is good to have a pen and a paper in church service. So that sometimes you can write some things. It engages your conscious mind. It is good practice to be writing something. Either pen and your paper or your notepad or your iPad, tapping some of the notes, making, making notes. It engages your conscious mind. It's a good practice. 
But to just sit down there, and then sometimes you're not able to absorb it. And go, what, 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 what was it all about? Because you were not present. God have mercy. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because see, God wants us to be in the here and the now. So many things are happening in our society today. And many people are on autopilot. So they are responding to things from autopilot condition. They're not really thinking. But the moment you begin to think a, a, little, a little bit, you, you say, ah, 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 wait a minute. Something ain't right here. But to some people, oh, everything is fine. Oh, everything is fine. Why? Because they are on autopilot. And then I promise I'll do this, so let's do it. Fin finally. The fourth. Fin finally. Finally. The fourth, the fourth thing, please. The fourth, the fourth thing. Fin finally. Finally. The mind... The mind, like everyone's here, we are all creatures of habit, aren't we? Hello? Somebody can be in a church service and their habit is to be looking at people's shoes, <laughs> looking, at, looking at pencils. And that's their habit. So they are forever looking at things. They will not concentrate. And that's their habit. Okay? There are some people too, they sit on the back row. That's their habit. So they always sit there. If they come and you sat there, they feel, very, um, they feel a bit upset. And then they will gradually go and sit somewhere else. But the moment you move, they'll come and sit, and sit there. And then when you come back, but brother, I was here. No, that's how I, was, this was, I, I, always, I always say it. Some people will put the chewing gum and say, you know, check underneath the seat, my, my chewing gum is there. <laughs> no, don't put any chewing gum under the seat, please. What I'm saying is that we are all creatures of habit. We like doing the same thing that we are used to doing. Okay? And that's the mind. It's the work of the mind. The mind likes familiar things. Whatever is familiar, <laughs> okay. Have you realized that when you come for, when you go to any gathering, you always go to the people that you know to talk to them, yeah. and those you don't know, you walk past them. Yeah. You have to be forced to go and speak to someone unknown, and even when you have to do it, you do it. Ooh, cringing, ooh, a new person. So the mind likes familiar things it is familiar with. Oh, no. so, but if you are going to do things you are familiar with, you won't achieve anything in God's kingdom. We won't achieve. Because the things God will want us to achieve, most of them will be new to you. They will be new to you. They will be new to you. Hello? They will be new to you. The things in the kingdom of God. That, that, I mean, in the kingdom of God is broad. The things you must do. Some of the goals you set. Now you, now you must accomplish. You realize that in, this, in, in achieving this goal, this particular thing is new to me. I don't like it. I don't like it. And things you are not, 
Things that are not familiar to you, we often don't like it. So what you want to do now, but you can tell the mind to change the order. Now make the, those unfamiliar things, make them familiar. I'll tell you my story again. I know I've told you many, 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 many times. But I'll tell you again. I'll tell you my story. I hated maths. I didn't like it. Okay? My brother gave me maths to do. And what did I do? The moment he left the room, I ran away. Why? I couldn't do it. I looked for the whole thing. One up to the whole thing. There was nothing I could do. So the only thing I could do was flight. I took flight. Then, at some point, I began to, I had a teacher. It was because I had a problem with fractions. I didn't understand fractions. And because I didn't understand fractions, I applied my not understanding fractions to every maths topic. That's how the mind works. So I told myself, I don't, I can't do maths. But now I teach maths. So... I run away, I didn't like it, I didn't want to do it, I don't want to do it, until I, I met a teacher who explained that fraction that I never could do. The moment, and I the moment I understood it, oh my God, it broke the chain. It, it, it broke the, 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 the cloud was broken. So I liked, so I began to now use it. And then I got to sixth form, and due to my own unstableness, I was trying to help my class with some Printing a book for, for, for them. So while they were studying, I used my time wrongly. I'm saying it so that people will learn. I used my time wrongly. Instead of studying as they were studying, I was in town trying to get a book printed for them. And I did that. Did, and my, by, by the time things happened, I was not prepared. They didn't like the results I got. So okay, I'll do it again. And unfortunately, this, this is, this is, this is A-levels. The paper that we had, it was a difficult one. They changed the symbols. You know, A-level is a lot of symbols. The theta symbol was no, was no longer changed. They were using scrodinja symbols. And it was just, it, it was, they made it weird. So if you see, see the paper the first day in an exams room, it takes every strength, every courage out of, out of you. And it did for me. So I had to do this paper again. And then one day, and I'm a Christian, and I'm praying. One day I said, you know what? I need to confront this issue. This thing, I like it. I'm okay with it. I will do it. I want this thing. You know what? I told myself, you know what? This thing, they are just other, they are just other symbols. Okay? And I said, these symbols that are there, they are just other Greek symbols, which I know already. They are just other Greek symbols. Upon saying that, I sat down and I began to work through the paper. Guess what? That paper, that frightened me, Zangfu. As I sat down on my bum and I sat down, before I got up, I had completed all nine questions. And I got up and I said, where did that come from? And from there, my confidence rose to the, shot, I mean, rose to the rooftop. I became so confident. So now I look at anything, and all I have to do is just think. And the guy I was working with during that time realized, ah, 
yesterday and today. And yeah. The guy couldn't get it. He didn't realize that I had had a shift in my mind. It was all here in the, in, in the mind. It shifted. Whatever is unfamiliar to you, but you must do it, make it familiar to yourself. Because you need it for what God wants you to do. So make that thing become familiar to you. And rather, those things that are familiar to you, but are destructive, those things begin to make them unfamiliar to yourself. That is, begin to dislike them. Mm, I don't like that. Mm, I don't like. Begin to, begin, begin, begin to tell them, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And it will not be very long. The mind will again register it. God has given us a very powerful tool. God has given us a very awesome tool. In the human body, God gave us a brain which results in the mind. Let's use it. Let's not be Christians who say the mind is evil. So all we care about is just the spirit. What the spirit says. The mind, forget about it. No, God gave us a mind to use it. Let's use it. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's use it. Amen. Let's use it. Let's understand the mind and let's use it. Things you are, familiar, you are familiar with but are not good. They're not helping you. They are a distraction. Make those things unfamiliar. Start dishing them. And the things that are not familiar to you but you know you need it, begin to like it. Begin to make them familiar. Hello. Pastor, what are you talking about? Let me be very practical here. I will use... You've read a text... You've read a piece of material, a text, maybe a page of a book. You didn't understand anything. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to ex explain what I mean by the familiar. Read it again. You didn't, you didn't understand. It's a new field, okay? You go into a new job, you go into something else, you go, and the thing you read, none of, them, none of the words made sense. You, 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 you can see they're all English words, but they make no sense to you. Read again. Put it down. Go back to it. Read again. What are you doing? You are making those words familiar to your mind. It won't be long. You realize, as you read again and again, you realize that now certain paragraphs or lines begin to make sense. And that's it. And keep on reading. Come back to it again and again. So you read the Bible. Uh, Pastor, this Bible doesn't make sense. Read again. Ah, uh, the King James... That doesn't make sense. Read again. Read and read and read and read. It will come to you. And by the time you realize, you become an expert on that piece of material. Because you've made the unfamiliar familiar by engaging with it over and over and over and over and over and over again. I don't just read the Bible just once and I, go and I get everything. I read and I read and I read and I read. And like we do in our Friday Bible studies, we read various translations. We read them, we read them, read them, read them, read them. By the time you realize, you've gotten a picture. That's it. Keep reading. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, so I want to use this thing to encourage us on the, in our Friday Bible studies. What we do on Friday is very important. Do you know what we're doing? 
We are training people to use their mind in Bible studies. So don't back off. Don't shy away. Come on the forum and engage. Hallelujah. The whole process is for you to be able to now start also contributing. And then with time, you break the shyness. Some people, and you know what? You know what? Some time ago, a brother called me into a Bible studies like what we do on the forum. And I didn't like it. I ran away. Why? Oh, I don't like it. I want, just preach to me. Just preach to me. I didn't want to be engaging in the battle. Um, um, that is not very spiritual. What do you mean it's not spirit, spiritual? Until later on I realized that actually that is the best way to really feed your spirit. Feed your soul. Hallelujah. So I'm making this as a, an advert, as an announcement, as an encouragement. That some of us are staying away from the Friday. And then when we come, another thing we do is that, you know, when we come, we put our video off. So nobody will see us. It's so that if you don't contribute there, I, I am not there. No. Come boldly. Praise God. Make the unfamiliar familiar. Begin to form pictures. Come. Come thinking that, you know what, begin to see yourself contributing to the studies. See yourself contrib contributing, making good comments, making good contribution. And that's it. Overcome that challenge. Praise God. It's all in our minds. Hello. All the challenge is up here. All the challenge is up here. So what am I doing today? All I'm doing today is helping us to be able to, you know, set goals and achieve those goals in the name of the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Be able to achieve those kingdom goals. Become people who achieve. Or else, we will live our Christian lives and by the end, when we are, when we are ready to go, we've not achieved anything. And we are going through it unfulfilled because we're not really accomplishing anything. But begin to set goals on what God has asked you to do. And let your mind serve you in fulfilling those goals. Because your mind was given to help you accomplish God's purposes. Hallelujah. You've probably heard me today. You just stumbled upon this word today, but you are not born again. You're not a new creation. The strength of God that we have on the basis of which we teach about or talk about this is because Christ lives on the inside of us. And we can have the strength to do what God says we, we can do. Because His Spirit is at work in us. You probably are not born again. But today, you can turn to me and say, Lord Jesus, I want to be yours. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. You've had wrong mental images about Christ, about God, about salvation, about Christians. And so you've been staying away from the Christian faith. But you know your life must change. You know there's a, that, that, that there should be something different, new about you. Today, you want to drop all those pictures and begin to see God as a good God. Who wants to help you? Who wants to save you? You want to turn to me and say, Lord God, forgive me all my sins. Wash me. I've been wrong. 
I've lived a life that has not pleased you. Forgive me. I've said things about you that I shouldn't have said. Forgive me, Lord. Save me. And deliver me from my wretchedness. Go ahead and tell him. And pray all these prayers unto him. That he will help you. And he will forgive you. He will save you. He will change you. He will transform you. When you pray that prayer, thank him. Thank him for salvation. Thank him for salvation. Thank him for salvation. Father, we give you the praise. Now you can reach out, you can reach out to us through our website. Reach out to us and reach out to you. God bless you. You are in this place today. You are born again. You are a Christian. You are born again. You are born again. But you realize that you've not really you've allowed anything to just discourage you, to, to just tell, to, to just keep you down and you're not really doing anything. But today you've heard God's word that God says that the mind must be renewed and it must to, to prove his good, acceptable, and perfect will. And you are saying, God, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to live in the conscious mind. I'm ready to do this. Yes, to restrain this conscious, through the conscious mind. I am ready to do this, Father. I'm ready to use your principles to change, you know, to, to, to achieve the goals that you set for me. Lift your voice and begin to pray. And, and talk to him and say, Lord, I'm ready to, to do that. I'm leaving this place. I'm ready. I'm going from this place to go to begin to change. To, to change my, the way I look at things and think about things and to achieve. I'm, I'm going from this place to set goals. To stop responding to the animalistic instincts. And to begin to use a conscious mind to you know, to, to select what needs to be taken and, and to visualize what needs to be visualized and to, and to dismiss what is not needed and to admit what needs to be admitted to, to achieve the goals for the family, for the home, for the school, for the kingdom, for the work, for the church, for the ministry. Wherever you've placed me, Lord, and your kingdom will advance in all these areas. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray with thanksgiving. And the saints say amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. The word of God, I must say to you, is quick and active. The word of God is living. The word of God is not just a mere written text. The word of God is living. It's a living thing. When the word of God proceeds, when it comes out from the mouth of God, as Matthew puts it, when it comes out from the mouth of God, it is a living and active word, powerful, able to effect change and change things. It is not a dead letter. God's word is living. I am talking about the word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. It is active, it is powerful.